Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. Welcome to, on this beautiful spring day. We are here today, Justin, Constantine, and I are both with you today, to talk to Marielle Barreras of the Homeschool Association for Military Families. Now, you may ask, why are we talking about this? Well, it's because April is the month of the military child, and everyone knows that military families move a great deal, but I don't think they know a great deal about the limitations that school systems in each state or country may have on children relocating from one to the other in the middle of a school year sometimes, or even grade to grade. It's not moving from the exact same situation to the next same situation. So we are really interested today in finding out an option for military children and homeschooling is our topic of today. So welcome to Military Network Radio, Marielle. Good morning. It's nice to be on. And we're glad to have you. First of all, maybe you could go back and tell us about your background and how you came to find that this was a need, a necessity, and how you came to found the Homeschool Association for Military Families, which I should mention is the only one in the entire Google space, which means the planet. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, we are, um, and, and that's part of why it was founded. But um, to get back, I guess, to start with how our family began homeschooling, we were stationed out um, at um, Fort Irwin, California, um, which is a wonderful installation and very family-oriented um, when it comes to the the spouses network and um, the activities for the children. Um, but it is a training facility. And um, so my husband was um, in the box, as the military families that are listening who have been out there and will understand. And um, he was only home um, four days a month. Um, and so the rest of the month he was gone. And uh, those four days, usually happen to fall like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, since it was only four days a month, my boys uh, was almost like a deployment. They didn't see daddy very often. And um, we had our oldest in public school, but he was having challenges because um, the school he had moved from before um, was at a different standard. He already knew Christmas, he already knew how to read, and um, and the, the school that he had moved into was just learning how to write um, in manuscript, and they were going to start reading in the second half of the year. So he obviously, being a boy, was having some that's still behavioral issues, and it was affecting him confidence-wise when he came home always on the red. Uh, I think it was the red that was the bad color. And, uh, so we, we dealt with the school. We tried, we did parent teacher conferences. I sat in the back of the classroom multiple times trying to observe and see what we could do as a family to, um, work with the school. Um, and, and they said their, the bottom line was that they worked to the lowest level of the lowest child in the, in the room. And that's where they have to work. 
and mm. we were not satisfied with that. So um, that's when we started looking into homeschooling. And he's now going into sixth grade, and I've just been loving it. He's moved five times in his six years of schooling. So it's been uh, very constant. And that, and getting back to my husband's job, um, it was wonderful because when Daddy was home for those four days a month, um, we could do family activities, science experiments, field trips, or just sit at home and be with Dad. <laughs> so we didn't have to worry about the truancy issues. Well, you know, you bring up a very good point because if you had not done that, it would have been pulling them out of school in order yes. to see uh, their father. And that that's a, a very good point. Now, Right. It was the, only 12 days you were allowed a year. And family family um, togetherness did not count as one, as one of the excused absences. It had to be a doctor's appointment or an illness. Um, but being with the family did, was not excusable. So if I can paraphrase what you just said, Part of it was that the curriculum wasn't matching with the five times moving in six years of schooling, so that they were, he was either above or below wherever he was in various topics, so that you subjects, so that you had mm-hmm. to supplement or talk to the teacher and spend a great deal of time. So that's one, but the other was that it also raised his confidence because you were able then to direct the curriculum so that you were working not to the lowest child in the room but to the highest level you could raise your child. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. That is correct. So did you have influence with other people? Did you speak to other families that were also homeschooling, or was this brand new for you? Some people in my family have homeschooled, and it was a big decision to make. It was. I mean, it's always a big decision, no matter if you have past experience or not, because even the past experience you have talking with other families isn't really true to you yet. Um, so, no, we be- that is when we first started our homeschool journey. And um, thankfully, we're, we were blessed because of the Irwin community of spouses. We were blessed with great network of um, mentoring families. And they all came from a, a different background of how they were homeschooling. Some were doing the unschooling method and the, um, um, the classical conversations method and the um, it was just a whole gamut, and some from a religious aspect and from from a non-religious. So it was fantastic to meet with the group and meet with all the other moms and glean understanding from them. Um, and then we PCS, we moved to another installation, and there was not that community. And that's kind of how HSAMF began, because as we had moved a few times after that three years at Irwin, um, we started to see there was a disconnect between the communication at the installation um, and, and the families and the resources provided and the mentorship. And there was, there is no um, organization. There was no organization besides us when we found it. And so that's how we started. Justin. Mariel, yeah, Mariel, let me ask you a quick question. Um, of course. So, I, I mean, I have a basic understanding of homeschooling, but I, I believe that you don't have to get an accreditation or certified or anything like that. Is that correct? Um, every state, again, is different on that. Um, most, okay. states, um, most states require you to file as a, a private school. 
um, they require the paperwork with who the teacher is, who's in the classroom. Um, you pick a principal who gives oversight um, okay. to your private school um, is what you're called. Some states require um, that the teacher has a high school diploma or a, a bachelor's degree. Um, mm -hmm. A great resource for the actually specifics on each state is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They have it broken down, all the legalities, because that's oh, their okay. specialty. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, but, how, did you, how did you decide um, what your teaching style was going to be? Good question. We, with, we, yeah, that's a great question. We went with what um, two things, really. What my husband and I discussed are dreams and aspirations were for our children. Mm -hmm. And then second, um, <laughs> it was, it's really been fantastic seeing the differences in each child. And um, we started out with one method, um, primarily because that's what the private school my oldest was in previously used. Mm -hmm. um, but it was very paperwork-driven um, yeah. and repetitive. Yeah. And he is very hands-on and so after the first year of trying it one way we actually made the switch to a very hands-on curriculum which is actually more fun <laughs> for the teacher yeah. too sure. <laughs> so um and then and then he began to really thrive um we saw a change in him because we were able to fit the needs he was still getting all the required material subject matter but in a different approach so when, when you were Erwin, did you ever, um, with the other moms who are, or the other parents who are homeschooling their kids, work together, or was it all individual? Oh, no. Um, usually standard, and, and it's not just at Irwin, it's at most military installations. So usually the families um, school individually at their home, um, you know, between 9 in the morning and and lunchtime or a little after lunch and putting kids down for naps. And then in the afternoon, um, usually they gather together for, um, well, this is one thing that our association is trying to fix. So some installations offer buildings to our families so that they can use the youth center for PE um, or art class. Yeah. And then yeah. it gives the families a group, a place to come to, to interact together and have, have an organized activities. Um, some installations are fantastic because they provide um, teachers and employees to um, give the mom a break and to showcase their specialty and to teach the children those extracurriculars. Um, but then many installations do not. And mm. um, that's a failing on both the homeschool families part and the installations part. And that's where HSAMF is, is stepping in to build a better relationship and communication between the groups to support those families everywhere. So, sure. so Maria, right now you are at 37 uh, installations. Is that correct? Um, 47. 47. Okay. Yes. And we've had huge growth this past you, um, year. Well, you have, we have about 30 seconds. What is your goal for this year? To, to achieve in terms of installations? Um, we want to have, um, we want to be able to showcase the information desires of the families up with installation management in D.C. to have a word and a say 
so that families can unite together under us and we have a representative speaking with the with the people in Washington who are asking questions and we can represent the families well. So. Perfect. Perfect. That sounds really excellent. We are talking with Marielle Barreras of the Homeschool Association for Military Families, the only organization of its kind. And we're learning about understanding the influences, the confidence, the ability to address each child's needs and what makes a difference. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. in U.S. households than any other pet. Most allurophiles or cat owners know that unlike dogs, taking Kitty for a ride in the car isn't any fun. I mean, you never see a cat hanging its head out the window, enjoying the breeze. Today's domestic cat is descended from a small Mideastern wildcat. A group of kittens is called a kindle. And a group of adult cats is a clouder. What's the word for those dust balls composed entirely of cat hair? Fluffernugans. Personally, I like pigs better than either cats or dogs. Dogs are subservient and look up to man. Cats are aloof and look down on man. A pig, however, will look you in the eye and see as equal. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Marielle Barreras of the Homeschool Association for Military Families. On the break, Marielle, we were talking about what is often a perception by those unfamiliar with homeschooling, which is that the homeschooled kids get a great education, but are they handicapped socially by not being around larger groups of kids? Can you speak to that perhaps with also the civilian versus the military side of things? I, I will. Yes. I absolutely love that question. Um, it's one of the biggest myths that I think um, I'm surprised is still around. <laughs> um, first of all, I think um, I'll just touch lightly on the differences I've seen of civilians and military families. And I think every military family can kind of understand this um, in that whether you're a public school child, military, or homeschool child, military, 
your children are obviously exposed to so many more experiences because of our um, husbands or wives' jobs. And so mm-hmm. that, that also relates into the homeschooling aspect. So when our military homeschool children move around so much and experience, they still lose, lose friends because of moving, and they still go through the experiences of a mom or dad um, being on a mission or a deployment. And so and the, the civilian counterparts have a different kind of consistency. The civilian homeschoolers have their group that they have been in for years, and it never changes. And they're in their community for years, and it never changes. And so, although that's a good thing with the continuity of the group, it also can become stagnant and kind of limit their experiences. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a push for the military military kid that's being homeschooled. So you're absolutely um, right. I, it reminds me when we moved from overseas back to the United States, the um, kindergarten teacher said, your child knows that the world is a lot bigger than the community they live in. And that's just a tiny right. little fact. So do you feel that with the exposure to more experiences and the homeschooling aspect of things, that the children are more worldly aware, more mature, um, able to understand differences and diversity better? Are are those some of the advantages? It is some of the advantages, most definitely. And and then on top of it, when when the parent has the freedom um, to develop their child's education and um, personality, um, with the freedoms that homeschooling allow, um, for example, taking them on a field trip of something that really interests them, or when you get into the um, the middle school and the high school level, um, so many com- community colleges open up their classes to um, to homeschoolers, and and so and that's not something a public school child can take advantage of, mm-hmm. and but the homeschoolers can, and so it just it broadens their scope even more. Um, at a younger age and it gives them better opportunities. Um, and then the, the whole myth with the socialization, we kind of use the standard, um, like a public school child who's in third grade is always in, around third graders. Um, and they socialize maybe with the teacher and the administration, but mostly just their third graders. And then they're in sports teams with third graders. And that's really what they know. But a homeschool student um, with all the activities they're involved in, they're socializing with infants up through high school on their PE groups and their art classes and their field trips in their daily activities to the grocery store, doing the shopping and budgeting with their parents. And so they're interacting with the retired veterans and the infants in so much um, more of a way that really socializing is not an issue. <laughs> You know, it's fascinating that you mentioned budgeting in grocery stores, etc. I think that is something that's never really touched on in our public school systems. At least it wasn't when I was growing up. And one of the other myths that goes around military families is that they aren't always able to budget the money, etc., etc. So you're taking this right down to the early learning stages where if you can gain good fiscal habits early and understand it, it well, that's is the pride, a huge advantage. Yeah. Well, that's the pride that most most homeschool parents take a pride 
a different kind of pride in their school, in their children's achievements and what they're learning because mm-hmm. they are the teacher, you know. And so they really are in tune and, and um, appreciative of what they are teaching their children. And they want them to learn the basics of good home management um, so that they can be responsible in college and, and beyond. And then, you know, then the academic as well. And, and they really take a vested interest instead of just relying on a teacher or a, you know, a school district to do the teaching. Well, yeah, I, I, I echo Linda's feelings. I think it's great that you're talking about financial literacy with your kids because, you know, it's just not something that's in school nowadays. And, and so that is a huge outside. I want to follow up um, more on the socialization that you, that you talked about. And I'm thinking about when I was a kid, it was different than I would go, up, you know, in the summertime, I'd go on my bike, go away all day, do a whole bunch of things. Got to be home by dark for dinner, that type of deal. And even in, in, during the school year, I walked to school. I went to other kids' houses, played a lot after school, that type of thing. And so there was a lot of socialization. Um, but you're right, probably primarily with my grade level, maybe one up or down. Nowadays, you know, a lot of these social activities are planned by the parents. And so I wonder, does that affect you where, where the, your kids aren't in class seeing uh, other kids uh, as much as a um, typical school ch- child would be? And then um, how are you able to plan these events, uh, play dates or whatever, with other kids um, or if you don't have access to parents and kids the same way someone in a normal school would? Um, I'm I'm asking. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, if you could just explain your second point. Um, I'll answer your first. Just explain your second. I I just see if if kids are in class together, say it's um, uh, Susie and Jenny, and they know they like each other, and they say, oh, you know, let's do something later today, and then the parents will make it happen. Um, or, or, the, or the parents are very much involved in the class or the school, so they talk a lot at these different events, and they arrange for events for their kids to do things together. Um, you may not be in that same position. So how do you set it up where your kids are hanging out with other kids as well? Okay, sure. So um, <clears throat> I should be taking notes here. So um, we'll bounce back to your first point, which was on um, – the interacting with the kids at the same, the same level. Um, and I think I'll speak for myself because this, this differs for each family. I think the majority um, agree with me, but I'll speak for myself. So I enjoy, especially at the younger age, having more control over what my child is learning and when I do not believe that they should be learning certain sexual topics at such a young age, which seems to be a trend in the younger grades of public school. Um, And I believe that when they learn those topics, there should be um, different conversations and and discussions so that it can be in a mature um, way. And so, um, so for our family, having the ability to have more say in that and, and not have it being discussed discussed on the playground or watching who they socialize with in our homeschool community 
so that they're with children that will grow and strengthen them. I'm with families that will grow and strengthen me um, is actually has been a benefit for us. Um, On the, for your second question, um, the homeschool groups at each installation um, where there is a active leader who um, has great, great ability to, um, to connect the families, uh, those installations thrive with um, just getting together for homeschool group play dates, yeah. mom's nights okay. out, um, all the activities. And, and they're, oh my goodness, their children after school's done. My boys have gone off and had Nerf Wars at, with their best friends, you know, um, yeah. at the park. I mean, it's just like any, any okay. other child. And the moms get together, and if their homeschool group needs funds because um, one of the families is struggling financially, they'll raise funds and do bake sales and donate material and and help come together and support that other family. Um, kind of, I would guess, like what a PTA does with supporting their school. Sure. You know, I've got a question for you, Marielle. Mm-hmm. Social media plays such a huge part in today's world at an increasingly young age is another reason that you homeschool so that you can pretty much show demonstrate and share what what is accurate what is not accurate what is a good amount of digital time and and screen time and what isn't because i know that social media is almost frightening with children these days and the their cell phones and and all of that sort of thing at least it is to me how do you well, deal that, with again, what is ubiquitous that's again a, a individual family decision though because um it really doesn't have anything to do with the curriculum and the homeschool you know what i mean um Okay, so you're there saying it's not um, that are computer based, but okay. I guess what I'm talking decides. about is more like the cyber bullying that can go on, etc. Is it as oh. prevalent in the homeschooling environment or less? From our experiences with the families that are in our association, I would I would venture to say yes because most families, um, they really do stick to the rule. Um, of age group of what Facebook or any of those say that they're allowed to have, mm-hmm. where I know other families bend the age of their child so that they can have an account. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so I would venture to say less. Um, so it's an individual decision. I was just curious because I know that that has become a bigger problem in the public school system. We are going to go on a short break in about 30 seconds, and we will be joined after the break by Shannon Kowalczyk. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Kowalczyk, yes. Kowalczyk, okay. Mm -hmm. And we will add in high school and the higher ages of learning and understanding the influence for teens. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We're going to go on a short break, and we will be right back. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. This is Toginet. 
Cutting Edge Radio. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Marielle Barreras of the Homeschool Association for Military Families. And we are also joined by parent, Shannon Kowalczyk. And Sharon, welcome to Military Network Radio. Nope, she's not here with us yet. Um, we were talking on the break, um, Marielle, about how mm-hmm. there really is very little cyberbullying going on um, because the parents are very aware of uh, use and, and have home rules, etc. But you did mention that occasionally there is still the child bullying face-to-face, which seems to be a prevalent problem. And Mean Girls, I guess, have existed forever and ever, although we didn't call them that in my day. I don't think we even noticed it. It was all just part of growing up. Right. Uh, do you agree with me, Justin, on that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just uh, yeah. different. So I guess that that's just a universal problem. But does it help that with homeschooling, you're able to address things right away? You don't have to get a lot of school officials involved and follow certain policies, but you are able to follow your own value system and good communication hopefully bridges the gap. Would that be accurate to say? Um, right. Two, two things on that. I would say, one, I think that homeschool, most homeschool families are more interested in teaching their children to be kind and compassionate and not be one of those, you know, mean girls, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, but to, to see the world and the differences in their community in a, in a different way. And because we're with them, we can set a good example and, and instruct in a different manner. Um, but then on the flip side, going back to the child-on-child bullying, um, we've seen it, it this past year based a lot on race um, mm. and the bullying of the children based on their, their different race. And so that has been um, a big influx of homeschoolers this past past year so that allows you to address it though but correct it does it does yes the the families feel more confident especially when they struggle with um they struggle with the administration who is choosing not to protect their child um and and then they um they can teach their child to be proud of their ethnicity and to and to be proud of how god made them and then they can interact with children um, that are appreciative of, of who they are. 
Well said. Um, Shannon, welcome to the program. And I understand you have slightly older children than Marielle, correct? Yes, I have a few older ones. Excellent. Why don't you give us your homeschooling experience? Um, okay. We, uh, we decided my oldest, who is now 15, um, she went to Montessori school for the first year of her life. And um, we had always thought that we would either do um, private schools or homeschool. We, we didn't really want to send them to the public schools um, just because we were military and we moved around so much. And we didn't want them to have that <clears throat> issue of, you know, having to go to new schools and maybe being behind or maybe being ahead and always being looked upon as different because they, you know, come and go and always having to make those new connections. Um, so very early on, we decided that we wanted to homeschool. And uh, so we started with my 15-year-old when she was She's about four, I think, four or five. And then we've homeschooled her ever since then. Um, And it's really been a blessing in our life, um, like I said, because we didn't have to worry about her changing schools and changing curriculums and being taught one way at this school and being taught a different way at this school. We didn't have to worry about the kids um, shunning her because she was new. They already had their clique of friends, and they didn't want to, you know, invite somebody new in. and so it's really been a blessing to us that, that this has been an opportunity available to us throughout our my daughter's um, school career so far. I, I think it, it really just sounds like it makes very good sense. I have a question about the curriculum. There are so many subjects that have been removed for usually cost purposes from the public school system. So art and music and civics, even government. Um are you able to fit those things in? Because one of the things that I think helps creativity and helps as an adult is to be able to think in a couple of different dimensions because everybody thinks and, and sees things differently. So if you take away some of the enrichment of art and music and dance and, and debate, you're missing out on some things that children will need when they become adults, which we are now woefully seeing in our own population, the civilian population, uh, where people are, are not familiar with um, tolerance and, and understanding and debate. Yes, I, I agree. Um, and again, that's one of the other blessings of homeschooling is that um, typically a homeschool day for us will last about four hours for them. And that's, that's on a big day, a heavy day, where it will take them about four hours to the school, which leaves us the rest of the day to do things that they enjoy. And so we can really direct them towards, you know, things that they are really looking forward to. So maybe something that they want to do in the future when they grow up, if they want to be an artist, we can spend time on art or my four oldest um, took piano lessons because we had the time during the day. We didn't have to schedule it in the evenings during sports or during dinner or during church or any of that. We had the opportunity to do it during the day and um, we would have people come to the house to teach them. We, we could go out. Um, to have them taught there. We do gymnastics now during the day. A lot of um, businesses are also opening up opportunities to homeschoolers um, during the day because they know that's when we're free and when we have the opportunity to go and have these extracurricular enrichment activities to, to be available to us. And a lot of the teens, Shannon, they participate in um, internships, even when they're 14 and 15 years old at a lot of local businesses. Do you see that also? Oh, yes. Yes, I mean, um, here in the town that we live in now, there's a big homeschool community here. Um, not all of them are military, but a lot of them are. And um, it's 
this town is very homeschool friendly, and I see a lot of the homeschoolers out there. Um, you, you see them working in the uh, helping out in the schools, which is really, I think that's really great that homeschoolers are willing to go into the schools to help tutor the other kids that are there. Um, it, it sends a presence and tells the school system that you know the, the parents are doing what's best for their kids and and being there to um, to help them in their academic um, journey. That's mm-hmm. terrific because helping other children also cements the subject and activity in the student who's helping's mind. I have to ask the obvious yeah. question. Um, subjects that children are interested in or adults are interested in, we attack with you know fervor and vigor and enthusiasm. Yeah. How do you work on the subjects a child doesn't particularly like but does need as standards? <laughs> Uh, well, Shannon, you answer that one. <laughs> okay. The uh, the beauty in homeschooling is that we can be free to attack these these um uh what am I trying to say these the studies however we want. So if if I have somebody who's not interested in science, you know I have the opportunity to take them outside every day. We can travel to wherever we want, and we can make it more hands on so that it becomes more interesting to them. Same with history. Um, you know, you can go to the museum. Um, math. We we are very creative in finding ways to to engage the student and make it more fun for them. Um, you know, I do a lot of cooking with my kids, and they enjoy cooking now. And we get our math in by reading the recipes, cutting recipes in half, doubling them. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to to get them involved and show them that this is something that's interesting and fun, and you can make it whatever you want it to be. It's interesting. I think it was on your Facebook page. I saw that there are even resources to do virtual dissection. So skills and things that are are done hands-on with smelly frogs and sharks and pigs, as I recall, um, can be done in a virtual dissection environment. So there are new learning tools available. And can you speak to those a little bit? Uh, Mario, do you want to do that or do you want me to? Oh, go ahead, Shannon. (laughs) Um, There are all kinds of resources available out there. Um, I know a lot of companies offer, one of the companies that we use for our science, we order a, called a homeschool science kit, and they basically take everything that would be hard for us to get a hold of, being that we're not teachers or educators, um, and then they put it all together and send it to us so that we can do the experiments that you would do in the schools. Um, We have... Um, they, they send dissection kits, so if you want to dissect a frog or uh, worms, I can't think of any of the other ones that we've done, but but there are resources out there to be used. And even in the community, um, some states are very good about letting homeschoolers become active in in those areas. Like in our state, my 15-year-old could go to the high school and take a lab, a science lab, in order to get that as one of her credits to graduate if we wanted to send her there. It would be free to us, just like it is to all the other kids, um, and we have the opportunity to use that whenever it's available to us. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the good things with the school districts in each state working together with the families, military or civilian home homeschool. It, they're allowed the freedom to to make choices to include the homeschoolers, and and then they have at organizations like all like ours, HSAMS and um, HSLDA, who when there's when someone's not letting a homeschooler in and it's for a 
illegitimate reason, they have associations that back get their back and and work with the states and say, hey, why yeah. and how can we make this work? Shannon, you just—that's yeah, a great point. Thanks very much, Shannon. You described um, that your community you're in now is very homeschool friendly. What have you? What challenges have you faced before uh, in other environments where it wasn't like that? And what kind of creative solutions did you come up with to deal with those issues? Um, we have been lucky so far, and most of the communities that we have been in have been extremely homeschool um, friendly. When, oh, okay. when we first started homeschooling in Texas, there there weren't a lot of other homeschoolers around there. Um, so we really just tapped into the few parents that we knew there at the school and, um, or I mean, at our church. We could get together and we could do our own little co-op where, you know, it's, one of the ladies was really good at um, science. And so she would go and she would do science lessons with the kids. And then some of the yeah. other moms who were good at something else. So we, we really did a lot of trading on and off on things that we were good at or things that we, you know, were interested in or we would like to teach the kids. And so it really worked really well as a community. You know, one thing I noticed um, among my family members who have homeschooled very successfully was they also took a multi-generational approach. So where there was an uncle or a grandfather who knew a different language, for example, uh, or knew a, new, a different skill, they were able to pull that in and teach that, which gives you multidimensional benefits because you're building strength within the family itself, but you're also gaining appreciation for a new skill and accomplishing the school subject achievement that you mentioned. Yes, and I, I think that's also important because um, a lot of people that are anti-homeschooling talk about the social aspect of <clears throat> the kids not having that social interaction and and all that kind of stuff. But really, as a homeschooler, they get social interaction with people of all ages. And so they learn how to interact on multiple levels, um, as opposed to kids who are in the classroom with kids their own age. You know, they they all act the same, and they feed off of each other. Whereas a homeschooler, you can you can glean wisdom from the older generation. Um, like my grandmother, my 15-year-old, my um, I used to sit down with my grandmother, and she, she has taught her how to can green beans and um, how to can tomatoes. Um, we worked on gardening. My son and my husband have gone out and planted gardens, and, and they've worked on that together. So not only is it good for the, the learning aspect, the social aspect, you're also building relationships with Perfect. older people. Shannon, I'm sorry. I need to cut you off. We're going on another short break. We'll be right back. All right. Thank you. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. 
Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. It's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Now you've heard about the Seattle house that went up in flames after a chowder-headed tenant tried to flush out an eight-legged foe in his laundry room by setting it on fire using a lighter and spray paint. Whoops, big miscababble. Apparently, no one got hurt except perhaps a spider, but the rental home and its contents reportedly suffered $60,000 worth of damage. Neighbors scrambled to hose down their homes to keep the fire away. What's the word for a nearby house that is on fire? A eucalagan. Arachnophobia, or the fear of spiders, is pretty common. In case you're wondering what kind of nut job would actually try to kill a spider this way, this isn't the first case of this sort to occur. Why did the spider cross the road? To look for a new website, maybe? It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Mariel Barreras and Shannon Kabalchik of the Homeschool Association for Military Families. And I wonder if you could sum up, each of you, um, what you feel are the benefits to homeschooling. So if I am a military parent and I say, you know, I'm concerned that we're missing out on some topics and, and one's falling behind and one of my children is way ahead, so he or she is bored. What would you say to me if I said, I'm, I'm thinking about homeschooling? What do you think? Why don't you start with that, Shannon? Okay. Um, I would probably tell them, first of all, you love your child more than anybody else. So you are going to do what's best for that child, and you know your child better than anybody else. So you have that opportunity to to work with them and work with their strengths and see their strengths, whereas in the public school system, there are so many different kids in there, they can get lost in the crowd. Um, second of all, I would say that at the age of four, you're not going to do anything to that child that's going to damage their education. Um, a lot of parents go into homeschooling afraid. I went in nervous that I was going to do something to damage my kids and they weren't going to learn and they weren't going to do this. Um, the longer I've been in it, the more I've learned that that's not the case, that they want to learn. And um, as long as we stay on top of it and make it a priority that they're going to take in what they need to take in. Well said. Marielle? I, w- I would say that <clears throat> along in a completely in agreement with Shannon and, and for the parents that, that, want to and they're considering it but they're they're lacking the confidence there's so many resources in in their personal community um in the whole um network online network there's so many resources to help help them along the way um that they can kind of um that they can get that information and they can relax and they can actually enjoy the relationship that they have with their children and that they're um, that they're growing, and they'll actually see over the course of the year um, the relationship with their children changing and growing. And, and we'll have parents call us, and, and they'll say, oh, my gosh, I was so nervous at the beginning. And then halfway through the year, I thought I got it. And by the end, I'm looking back, 
that year was fantastic, and I know my child so much more than I thought I did. And for me personally, that has been um, something that um, has affected our family um, as well. And so it's neat hearing it from families across the nation. I'm sure it is. As you move forward, um, you mentioned that you will be working toward um, having some more uh, policy changes in Washington to further support military families and other families who want to homeschool in general. What are some of the other goals of uh, the Homeschooling Association for 2016? Our biggest goal is we want to, um, we are all volunteer organization. um, And it's, a fantastic blessing having volunteers um, all across the United States, overseas, New Zealand, Korea. Um, it's fantastic. But one of our biggest goals is we want to hire employees. We want to focus on um, spouses who have given, put their career on hold because they've been moving around in support of the their soldier or airman and their military member, and so they put their career on hold, and we want to really concentrate on offering jobs to them, um, also to um, military members who have um, have injuries um, from their time in service, um, but can help our association. And so we're excited about looking forward to hiring employees and supporting a different facet of the community, and then at the same time, giving some of our volunteers a break <laughs> of course. with a full-time employee. Right. Now, I know you mentioned to me prior to the program that you're working also to build a network of family uh, peer support for each other so that a family that moves can know to contact another family who is their buddy, if you will, in this as you move along. How is that coming along? Um, it's coming along fantastic. That's part of the mentorship that our organization provides. Um, we <clears throat> connect a new family or a seasoned family with um, organizations that are already established in the specific state that they're moving to. Um, or with, um, if they're a new homeschool family, we connect them with, um, like Shannon, who's been homeschooling for years now. Uh, she would be a great mentor somebody new and, and can help answer questions and give them the confidence and the resources in a more personal um, aspect. And um, that's something that most organizations um, don't provide is that mentorship ability. And we feel that if the parents are giving us given a strong, confident foundation, then they'll be even more successful. So, um, <clears throat> um, it's funny. I heard this quote from a, a new Disney film that I have not seen because my children are no longer young. But it, it seems that it suits very well with the homeschooling motto. And it's from the new Cinderella movie by Disney. And it is, have courage and be kind. And that seems to fit what you're talking about, raising compassionate, you know, culturally diversity-aware children who are well experienced in communicating to uh, across generations and and being able to interface well with both children and adults, and so it it looks as though from the outside looking in that this homeschooling allows you to really pass on values and character and integrity things that Justin and I talk about all the time as being sometimes called the soft skills, but in life 
they turn out to be the best skills imaginable. Would you agree with that statement? Most definitely. Isn't it funny? We still learned from Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm interested about as as the kids move on into high school, and do they do they feel like maybe they're missing out, not being involved with student government or homecoming or or things like that, or are they involved with more students the older they get? Uh, Shannon, I'll let you hit on that, but yeah, we have all those things. (laughs) Um, Like I said before, um, a lot of states nowadays are very open to homeschool, um, and they they let the kids participate in in any of the homeschool or any any activity that they would like to be involved in. Um, I know that for my my child that's in high school right now, um, it's hard to miss something that you don't know that you're missing. If you don't know about yeah. it, you don't know that you're missing it. Right. Um, and, and since they are surrounded by other homeschoolers who are also missing the, that, they don't feel so left out because they don't, they don't feel like that they're the only one that's not doing it. Sure, um, that makes so, sense. Right. Um, so there again, that's where the, the peer relationships with, with the other homeschool moms and um, the other homeschool families come, become really important because they can make those connections with somebody who is just like them going through the same things that they are and, and and stick together. And some of those nostalgic events that the parents have, um, like dances and, and proms and things like that, um, that are because the parents have had them. Um, our, the homeschool community gets together and, and has a dance for all the homeschoolers. Um, and then... Oh, okay. You know, they, they rent out a gym or a restaurant or, you know, whatever theme they they have it. The children get together and pick their theme. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Usually there's a lot stricter dress codes, and yeah, <laughs> they actually yeah, have fun. Goes. They have somebody come in, and they teach they teach an old-fashioned waltz or a, a real dance, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the children have that opportunity to really dance. Um I have a question for you on on those lines. It seems to me that then they are also, clearly they will have friends who are not being homeschooled. So Mm -hmm. in many cases, can they, are they permitted to bring outsiders as dates? And are they also included in the regular community high school proms and things like that? It would seem like it fits. Um, Yeah. Now at my daughter's homeschool prom that she went to, she went um, her freshman year and her sophomore year, they were allowed to bring somebody who was not a homeschooler, but they were, they had to be at least a junior or older. Um, even kids who graduated last year, seniors could come back for one year of the homeschool prom. Um, but they, they, you know, they had to go and talk to the, the prom committee and, um, you know, the prom committee had to let them know what the rules were. They had to agree to follow those rules, sign um, waivers and commitments saying that they, you know, they were going to follow the rules and that kind of stuff. And then my, um, high school daughter also, she plays soccer for the local public high school here. Um, and a lot of those girls have asked her to go to prom with them as friends, just, you know, so that she could go and hang out. So they are available to do those kinds of things. It's just up to the parents whether we feel comfortable letting them get involved in that environment because it's such a different environment from the whole school um, environment. Right. Of, mm-hmm. of course. As you we have only a short period of time left, and I want to make sure our listeners know that they can go to the Homeschool Association for Military Families, which is HSAMF 
www.ncpsa.org. And we encourage you to do that to find out more information and to align with a group, the only group, that can really give you the experiences at 47 military facilities and going further. But um, Shannon or uh, Marielle, you've got about a minute and a half. Can you close with anything you think our listeners would like to hear? Go ahead, Marielle. I'm sorry, Justin. Go ahead. Including how to find you besides that one website, right? Like social media or phone numbers or whatever. Sure, sure. So, so the contact information is is www.hsamf. It's the acronym for Homeschool Association Military Families. dot org is our website. Um, our office phone number is area code four zero two nine zero six nine seven six six. Um, and our website has all the contact information and email addresses um, to reach out to us. But we just want to um, let all military families know that who are considering homeschooling or already homeschooling, um, that we are a network across the branches of the military um, that are coming together to support, to have a voice, um, to be heard, um, to try to make changes so that there's a better continuity and network and communication with the installations um, so that the children receive um, continued resources. And the parents are connected on an individual level through mentorship and, um, and groups. Um, so we're, we're hitting both aspects, one the, with the leadership and then two with the individual families. And so we're here for you if you need any kind of support, questions answered, um, and then we would love to have you join with us to have your voice heard. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on our program this morning. Yeah, I think you've given great information. You're listening to Military Network Radio. Catch us Tuesdays from 10 to 11 Eastern Time, and we will talk to you next week. Make it a great one. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 